Hi everyone, and welcome to the DevMar Debugged podcast, where experts from top companies all over the world share their insights on everything developer marketing. Learning isn't linear. I think we can all agree on that. Sometimes a quick ready-made template will do the trick. Other times you'll need something far more comprehensive, like a three-hour course. As a Pro Plus member, you'll gain exclusive access to cutting-edge developer marketing resources from easy-to-implement templates, mentor programs, member events, and exclusively written content. Continuous learning and staying ahead of the developer marketing curve can be hard, but with Pro Plus, it's easy. So today we're joined by Mudit Singh, Director of Marketing and Growth at Lambda Test. Um, so in this episode, we're chatting about marketing to developers and more specifically going beyond product-led growth methods. So hi, Mudit. Thanks for speaking with me today. Thank you, Teresa, for having me. It's uh, really an honor to be part of this platform and I'll be happy to uh, answer any questions that you may have. And uh, yeah, let's see. Um, really looking forward to the conversation. Oh, great. It's uh, very exciting to have you. And uh, so, but before we get into the topic of the episode, uh, so could you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and well, why you, did you become a marketer in the first place? So currently I'm working as a director of product and growth at a company called Lambda Test. Uh, Lambda Test, we help out developers and testers uh, with uh, an online test execution and orchestration infrastructure. Basically, we provide uh, a scalable infrastructure that can help them run both manual and automation and visual regression tests on cloud. So for past five years, I'm one of the founding members here at Lambda Test. And for past five years, I've been doing a very deep dive into uh, the whole ecosystem of software development, specifically in the software testing area, understanding what the pain points are in this area, how the developers and testers collaborate together, uh, what are the key tools software developers and uh, testers specifically use over their journey and uh, how Lambda Test, the platform that I work for, can help out uh, in their overall specifically testing lifecycle, how it can help out. Uh, before Lambda Test, I was uh, a co- with a company called AlgoWorks Technologies. Again, I was there as a, a person who led the marketing and sometimes sales teams as well. So I started off mainly as a a developer first uh, when I graduated, but then uh, during that time, the era of marketing and uh, digital marketing started off. So I started as a content writer, but then uh, Destiny had other plans for me. So from developers to writing for developers, and now I'm a marketer for developers uh, and marketer for developer products. So that's how my journey started and it's currently going on. And uh, for past five years, as I mentioned, it's pure and pure uh, product marketing for developer tools and uh, working with other companies as well who are in the same ecosystem. Oh, great. So like a journey where you pretty much done it all. You walked the walk and now you're just, yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Do you still um, do you still do any work as a developer or? Uh, so, uh, yeah, so uh, we have 
uh, I'm not say I'll a proper developer as such, uh, but yeah, we market a product that uh, integrates with the development process and the testing process, specifically automation testing. A lot of code is involved in the automation testing process. So uh, I still have to sometimes code, if nothing else, just for the documentation side of things, but uh, more around content and content generation. So one of the uh, key things that we help out in our marketing area is specifically creating content that is uh, tutorial in nature helps testers and developers start off in their automation journey specifically and that requires a lot of tutorial based codes so we work with a lot of third party uh, developers as well, writers, testers who are developers first. So we collaborate with them on those content pieces and uh, they write the code. So sometimes I kind of run them, do a uh, kind of a cross check, those kind of things. But yeah, if I say work, uh, it would be, let's say five or 10% of my job, mostly around uh, managing uh, content running, uh, content writing around uh, other events that we are currently doing. A lot of very small, small stuff uh, in the overall day that goes on. All right. Okay. So you still have the chance to do a little bit of that then. That started you off. Um, so in regards to marketing to developers, I'm curious because um, I just hear a lot of people and I've interviewed a few people who um, they tend to say that developers don't like marketing and that they are a very difficult audience to market to. Is this Has this been your experience, you know, as both a developer and a marketer? <laughs> so when we started off, um, like my earliest experience, so I have around... Uh, 12 years of experience in the field of marketing. And when we started off, the type of marketing I was doing was mainly for e-commerce companies, sometimes for uh, other B2C type of companies. So when we went to the B2B space, there was a lot of unlearning that I had to do. Uh, a lot of things that I tried it out from the get-go that were not even working. So it's not 100% correct to say that uh, it's uh, not possible to market to developers. Uh, I'll say the definition of marketing change a little bit when we say, uh, when we bring or sell a developer-centric product. It's more around rather than traditional marketing methods. It's not that they do not work. They work a little bit less. So we have to kind of write a new playbook. Currently, right now, uh, it's pretty advanced. I'll say a lot of good developer products are there who have set the path. Uh, a lot of hit and try methods we have done as well and a lot of people are still doing as well. But the core, I will say, of a developer marketing uh, uh, playbook requires rather than focusing on selling the product, focus more on enabling the end user or enabling the end developer to use your product more effectively. Highlight as few words as possible, what it does, how it helps you out, and how it can make your life easier. In addition to uh, going into, let's say, uh, I'll say core marketing things like how it can uh, increase your ROI or increase your productivity, those kind of things as well work, but core focus should be on the enablement side of things. So start off with things like documentation, start off with things like tutorials, start off with things like uh, tutorial videos if required, uh, focusing less on ads and more on how to build up a community of people, community of developers, programmers, testers, project managers, 
people who are involved in the whole development life cycle build up a community of those people so that everybody can evolve as your product evolves as well right and the ultimate aim is to make their life easier to solve a core problem statement that you have identified earlier when you are doing a product market fit and to go deep dive into that problem statement and solve it as best a way as possible why do you think cuz i find that really interesting that there's uh, you kind of need a little bit of a different methodology because as you said traditional marketing doesn't work quite as well um why do you think that is why do you think that developers respond more to different methods so uh one thing that we have to analyze it that usually in a developer marketing uh, scenario uh, impulse buying kind of things do not happen uh, but uh, impulse discovery happens so people are finding a particular challenge when they are doing and uh, during that journey they try to find out tools or uh, libraries or any other product that can help them out in the difficulty that they are facing at that particular time and uh, when they go to let's say a web page or through ad or uh, any other discovery source they go to there and they do not find out they just find out fluff they find out how this tool help out xyz company increase their revenue and other things but they do not find out what are the exactly features that can help them out immediately is this tool something that i can use just right now to solve my problem or not those kind of tactics where we talked about a very enterprise centric approach that is how roi increased how this increased numbers but maybe not go into the features sometimes they do not work so when we market to developers we have to very focus upon how we can solve their challenges then at the same time we can focus on like how much we can solve their challenges right so uh, in addition the like one word i want to kind of use over here is that they do not want to go through a fluff they want have a problem statement right now they want it solved so be press be clear be precise uh, how exactly you are going to help them out and just go ahead and do it right uh, there is also another approach that right now is very popular that is called a product led growth or product led approach here so what that means is let's not put a layer of sales people or demo people in between enable them to explore the product enable them to use the product try it out see if they, it is able to help them out and as well if they feel that yeah this product something that has helped me out right now and can help me out in the long term they will uh, of course uh, put their put their card over there and buy the product so as i said earlier as well so we have to enable them create a ecosystem that helps them explore the product helps them get educated from their own end and get value out of the product immediately uh so that they will be able to uh, like ensure that yeah this is a right investment for me i can uh, go ahead with the product and uh, use it for a long term now that's really good to know like that in that perspective and we definitely going to um dive a bit more into you know the product led growth but before that um i would just like your opinion on why would you think why do you think that it's so important nowadays to market to developers why developers specifically are they getting more influence nowadays do you think 
this is something i'll say this is not something new this is happening for uh, quite nearly 2015 uh, years right now people are adopting more and more digital technologies and uh, nearly all companies are right now going to digital first in fact even traditionally very retail companies like uh, adidas nike and all these companies as well they have a very very big uh, digital transformation strategies and they are doing very heavy focus on digital first so uh, all the experience that they want to present to their end users would be a digital experience so it has been it has become in fact uh, the strategy has become more aggressive specifically after the pandemic when people were not able to go out and let's say explore traditional uh, brick and mortar businesses so now mm. everybody wants to uh, accelerate their digital experiences as well so what that means is that the role of a developer uh, role of a tester role of a whole in fact software development life cycle people are involved in that their role has become more and more important strategically important for our businesses and now they are investing very heavily in that so uh, to be fair the life of a developer and tester they it has become more complex in nature they have to do a lot of more stuff they have to mm. release a lot of more features otherwise the business that they represent won't be able to kind of uh, compete in the market so their life has become more difficult in nature they have to uh, increase their productivity by multiple folds specifically in life for last 5 to 10 years uh, after the mobile and uh, 3G, 4G, 5G, now 6G, it's going to mm. come. All of that innovations, they has accelerated a digital experience or accelerated digital transformation-based uh, efforts. So developer productivity is now a very important aspect. One of the ways to increase that productivity is through using or enabling developers and testers with the right set of tools. And uh, that is seen uh, across now a uh, heavy push is being done to build and scale up uh, tools that are focused on the software development process. Mm -hmm. And that means a lot of innovations are happening. A lot of new companies are coming up that creates tools that uh, focuses on one small problem statement. Sometimes very big companies like Microsoft, they come up with complete suits that enable uh, software development processes. So when new and new tools are coming, now it's their job of these tools as well to reach out to developers, uh, reach out to people whose gonna life becomes will become easier with these tools. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the reasons why developer marketing as a profession or as a field is developing as well, where more and more tools focused on developers, focused on programmers, uh, testers are coming in the market and uh, more and more requirement is coming to build up, uh, let's say, specific ecosystem to attract developers and testers for their own specific tools. Uh, another thing here is like, even if we not talk about, let's say developer tools, if we talk about other aspects, uh, now, businesses right now do not interact with each other in a traditional manner as well. Businesses as well interact in a, uh, let's say, uh, information tech age. They have APIs now. So mm. they interact through programs. One, let's say, bank does not directly uh, transfer wire from, let's say, Adidas to a bank through a checkbook. Now they do a, a direct hit through a payment gateway, right? So it's just one small example. But the bigger thing is, all these businesses as well are interacting with each other in a regular manner through APIs, which is again driven by developers and testers. Uh, all of that has to be tested uh, 
all of this ecosystem has to be tested or developed upon, worked upon. For that, we need tools as well. So as the way people do business or as the way companies do business, businesses do business is changing, uh, we are seeing more and more type of tools that uh, make their life easier, enable these kind of interactions. Mm. And then by developers being able to see those tools and all that, they can be the ones saying to their company, you know, oh, I really like this and then let's buy it. So I guess that sort of um, influence, I suppose, would is actually growing as well. Um, I'm not sure. I see, um, as you said, you know, with technology emerging, emerging and all that and becoming more and more complicated, it seems like it's developers who kind of understand it all. Uh, it's not, you know, sometimes um, non-technical people in a company. So you kind of need the developers to, um, well, not being the gatekeepers, but they'll be the ones to say, oh, no, maybe this isn't good, you know, or maybe this is really good and I want to buy that. Um, so I find that dynamic quite interesting as well, that kind of like the power dynamics in the buying process is changing a little bit. I don't know if you agree with that, but. No, so definitely that is in fact uh, one of the things that is very happening as well. And in fact, it is something that is pioneered by companies like Amazon. So they are focused on rather than very large, uh, big teams of multiple hundreds of people, they focus on uh, smaller teams of, let's say, 50, 25 people who are working on a specific problem set uh, so that these small teams can be very fast or in other terms can be very agile, right? So agile mm. development methodology that is happening. And these companies are uh, providing these smaller teams with a set of budget. So there are tools that are employed, let's say, organization-wide, and uh, they require a lot of R&D and sales work and all of those required to kind of roll out across whole companies. For example, uh, if you want to use, let's say, a uh, HR system, so you would be something that is rolled out across whole company. But... For developers, one uh, advantage here we have is that they are provided, the whole team is provided with a set of budget and they can use a tool for just that small set of teams. So we have seen that in the past that there are multiple teams across, uh, let's say multiple geographies as well, maybe multiple projects as well, but all part of a bigger organization who are using either same tools, maybe sometimes even competing tools. So there's a possibility that a team uh, in somewhere is using Slack, but at the same time, the other team is using uh, Microsoft Teams mm. or some other tool for their own uh, efforts, right? So uh, though companies kind of consolidate and bring all uh, tools together company-wide, but then there is still small teams who are independent in nature, come uh, kind of acquiring different set of tools. Uh, and that also kind of uh, opens up uh, ecosystem a little bit. Now multiple products can exist, coexist simultaneously. And it becomes more important for all of these tools to talk with each other, create a very integrated ecosystem so that different tools used in the same team, used across same company, are able to communicate with each other. So uh, things like uh, APIs, again, uh, mm. help enable that. Tight integrations help enable that. Right. And marketers' jobs at the same time have gotten more difficult too, right? So you kind of have to compete with all these new tools with everything and then attracting the developer's attention to your product. And But it's uh, kind of makes a little bit more uh, easier as well, I'll say. Why? Yeah. 
uh, now you have a tool that's very tightly fits within ecosystem. So what you do is instead partner with those ecosystem tools. So for example, there are a lot of tools that are in fact just working over and above the Jira ecosystem or Atlassian ecosystem, right? Hmm. Whole set of tools that are just integrations over uh, Atlassian tools and are thriving along with Atlassian, along with, well, let's say, smaller players. Or earlier when there was a company like Salesforce, so there were just tools that just integrates with Salesforce and other tools that integrates with Salesforce and enable small things that Salesforce was not able to do from their own. So, on the other spectrum as well, you are a tool that is uh, have a higher user base. Now you have an opportunity to enable other people to build tools over and above you, so so that hmm. you enable an ecosystem as well. So marketers now can use this ecosystem. Marketers now can target this ecosystem that people. If you are using Jira, our tool integrates with Jira. It will make your life easier. If nothing else, you can partner with Jira or partner with Atlassian so that you guys can co-sell each other. So uh, that kind of partnerships can happen as well. Uh, this is, in fact, one of the uh, marketing, uh, I'll say, technique we used when in our early stages at Lambda Test. In fact, it happens right now as well. Uh, we partner with, let's say, Lambda Test as a testing tool integrates with project management tools. So we work with them on the integration side of things, integrate Lambda test with other project management tools. And then we work with these project management tools for let's say co-marketing activities. We create a webinar for them, they create a webinar for us. Uh, we send newsletters for each of our audiences, create joint press releases, create joint social media engagement so that both user sets of uh, both tools get to know about this integration and mm -hmm. can explore um, like either of the tools, if they are not exploring, or if they are using both tools, can uh, integrate them and increase their productivity because this tighter integrations enable them to do more at less amount of times, right? So win-win uh, for all, I'll say. All right, yeah. Yeah, I haven't thought of it from that perspective, but that's also true. And would you say any of these uh, methods you have mentioned, would they be considered product-led uh, growth or... Uh, what we, you know, uh, talking back to the topic of the episode, bringing it back, um, looking beyond that, looking beyond PLG. Yes. So uh, I'll say that uh, product-led growth is something that is, in fact, very popular right now, specifically among uh, software as a service tools. Uh, but the definition of, a, uh, let's say, PLG playbook is still evolving. I'll say there are more and more things that are happening in that. Earlier, the complete focus was on user journey. Complete focus was on ensuring that if somebody lands a bad product, they are enabled as aggressively as possible and uh, they are able to get value out of it. But then people started to realize that we have to first bring them to the product. There should be a discovery element involved in that. So mm. people started focusing on uh, social media platforms, on SEO, on their uh, discoverability of that product. And that becomes part of the PLG playbook as well. So it's something that is pretty much involving. And at the same time, it's interesting to see that things that we usually term as traditional marketing approaches are somehow or another becoming part of the PLG playbook as well. So oh, for right. example, one of, one of the things that uh, we always used to say that, yeah, events is a pure traditional uh, marketing thing. But now 
because of let's say virtualization of everything events are happening virtually at a very let's say fraction of a fraction of a cost and now what people are doing they are very doing very aggressively uh, you know, let's say webinars so they term it as let's say product enablement webinars or demo webinars or sometimes integration webinars but those are events as well so it's kind of like you are doing a specific event for a specific set of audience and now this playbook has evolved in uh, plg companies as well so any plg company you will see there is always a book a demo or they will have a regular cadence of webinars that is happening either to enable their users or to educate their users more on the tool right and became part of the whole plg playbook similarly ads so i'll say that developers testers they are not uh, very receptive to ads but that does not mean that the ads do not work sometimes they do as well it's just you have to rethink the way you do ads as well mm. so it's not a traditional plg playbook but uh, then things like uh, when earlier we used to do gated content and uh, bring audience to those gated content through ads for things like let's say uh, ebooks things like uh, white papers now this was a traditional marketing approach content mm. in a bundle format that was earlier gated but now we are providing that content again in a bundled format but maybe not gated so a complete ebook on how to use particular tool to achieve this a complete white paper on how people have been able to solve these problems uh, things like surveys so developer surveys happen people release state of xyz surveys every time right so all of these were earlier traditional marketing approaches but now they have kind of uh, rethink the approach and put it in their core i'll say plg market playbooks so content generation is still a very much plg thing but uh, they have evolved how they do it right so uh, the playbook of i'll say a product led growth marketing approach is still evolving oh so just to um kind of for me to understand as well a bit more so would you say then that a lot of these things like i said content and social and all that would that be plg but then um because they keep changing over time would that be what you'd consider looking beyond it then you know like for example with social media then you have the ads and then that could be as well looking a bit beyond because uh maybe you are using them in a way that you haven't before would that be fair to say or yeah definitely so uh when okay coming back to ads right now uh it tools like linkedin platforms like linkedin provide you very precise targeting of that ads let's say i want to target these type of people who are on linkedin so mm. that precise targeting would now be uh, let's say aimed toward developers or developer decision makers and uh, the type of ads that are provided there would be a little bit different right and this is seen in playbooks uh, from companies like let's say github companies like microsoft azure companies like mm. google as well so uh, think with google series whatever they do right so they have a pretty defined uh, let's say different type of sets of ad that they target towards developers focusing on things like productivity features uh, maybe sometimes case studies sometimes white papers uh, and then there's complete i'll say uh, edtech companies as well those are also selling courses mm. to developers maybe to enhance their skill set so ads still work but the approach to do those ads are a little bit different so once you have set up let's say a plg uh, engine now you have to look 
at different things. You want to add more channels because you cannot grow until unless you have an exponentially growing different set of channels. One channel mm. alone may not be able to scale you up until unless you are a company like Slack. Right. So, uh, but even then, even Slack, they had to kind of add a scale. They have to start taking different approaches as well. They have to start doing events. They had to start doing ads, which is running as well right now. So once you scale up, at to one level, you have to add more and more uh, marketing channels. And that means going back to your traditional marketing routes. But again, with a twist, with the fact that your audience is a little bit different. So the way to market to them using these approaches would be a little bit different. Uh, some may argue that, yeah, this is uh, true for nearly everything. Uh, it depends upon the industry to industry, the type of audience you have, you tweak your ads and everything. But this, uh, I can also say that uh, with a product that you have, it kind of enables you with a different set of opportunity, opportunity that you can run ads that do not directly convert, but push people to convert in, let's say, a PLG cycle, right? So uh, do a little bit different approach than the traditional approach. Uh, to push your core PLG engines, right, as well, right? So, yeah, so that is, I'll say, way to evolve your current uh, PLG engine to a little, little bit different pace. Right, like a multi-channel approach and just uh, thinking of new ways of um, kind of putting a spin on traditional marketing and, yeah. Exactly. Okay, no, that's really interesting. Um, so how would you say then that... Uh, say a marketer you know is doing all that that multi-channel approach how would they be able to um you know measure the success of their campaign with it is it something they should be looking for uh considering you know the multi-channel so one of the one of the best things about uh let's say a product marketing or a software as a service marketing is that we have very clearly and easily defined uh, matrices every time. We have people coming to the website, that is traffic, people coming to sign up, maybe if you are a freemium product or if are a free trial product. So people coming for a free trial, then people who are activating, who are using features of your tool, and then finally people who are selling. Uh, sometimes if you are a bigger company, you can also add metrics around upsell. So you know, sell one product, then you have mm. multiple product lines. So sell more of those product lines. So uh, kind of bring people to your site, acquisition, engage them. Uh, you have to kind of uh, convert them uh, and activate them, convert them, right? So all of these KPIs are pretty much mapped and any product campaign that you do will have a direct effect on one of these things. So you are running ads, maybe you're, uh, you have a predefined goal of bringing more and more traffic to your website or making more, more signups to your website. If not that, maybe you are running a webinar. So uh, you are running ads for that webinar. So now the aim would become to bring in, bring more registrations for that webinar. Once that webinar happens, you have a set of leads that you nurture through your, let's say, email marketing campaign. And there the uh, tone becomes how to activate them or how to engage them and then finally convert them. So you have multiple set of funnels and uh, uh, each campaign that you do would have a very well-defined objective when it starts off that what is going to achieve for which step of the funnel. Once they have entered into that step of the funnel, then you have other set of campaigns whose job is to uh, kind of accelerate to next step of the funnel, right? So very, uh, I'll say, 
because we have let's say a developer mindsets as well so we are pretty data driven in this approach specifically uh, one of the hallmarks of a developer marketer is that they are uh, very data oriented that means they have all these numbers uh, whenever they are running any type of campaign whenever they are doing any kind of marketing activity they have all these kpis that they can track and leverage for their next growths no that's that's really good thank you for that yeah it seems like it's um kind of understanding where the developer is on the journey and just knowing what to do to kind of hit the right pain points and the right oh you know what how can i help them and what problem am i solving for them um so kind of knowing that will direct the rest perhaps yeah so yeah. definitely so uh, one of the things we touched base when we started off uh, this conversation was that our aim is to enable the developers to solve that problem uh, it becomes a little bit complex when you have multiple set of product lines right so uh, or multiple set of features that do different things so once you have let's say somebody who signs up now uh, they have a different set of expectations uh, maybe which is not uh available instantly with the page that they have visited or the tool feature that they have checked so maybe through your email marketing through your other set of marketing channels you can highlight to them that i have other set of features as well maybe we can connect and understand what are the problem statements that you had faced which you were not able to solve here uh maybe we have an alternative for you as well right so uh again point here is that we have a uh, we are building up a enablement ecosystem. So if not with your tool, maybe with your partner tools and both of your tools can work together. If uh, your set of features are not working, maybe you have a content which provides, a, let's say, solution for them. So through your content marketing efforts, let's say blogs or tutorials, you are enabling them to kind of find the uh, solution to your problem. Build up, a, I'll say, kind of like a brand building exercise over here. So when they uh, have a problem that your tool can solve, you would be the first one that they will reach out. So aim is to make the life of uh, developers and testers easier. And uh, whatever activities you are doing should be geared towards that core aim. Mm. I find that really, really interesting, especially now what you just said about um, it's harder when you have a lot of features. So I'm kind of thinking... Um, <laughs> I guess the approach would be different, but how uh, would you get, how would you go about um, kind of marketing a product with a lot of features? How would you have, it's different, difficult to just promote everything, isn't it? So you could kind of have to focus on one or two, I suppose. How would your approach differ in that case? Uh, so even if you have very different set of products, usually, uh, they are all interconnected in one way to solve one core problem. So you can, uh, let's even we talk in terms of SEO. So your small set of features are long tail keywords that do that. But ultimately the whole platform would be that core two phrase or two word keywords, right? So that is something you can start off. So mm. uh, you market your tool as something that is a bigger ecosystem. Then highlight to them that, yeah, uh, as part of this ecosystem, I also do this. I also do these. Uh, 
do a b c uh, the three type of things and you have to ensure that if somebody looking for a problem statement that connects with your one feature set they are able to discover your tool as well uh, when they are discovering that so uh, let's say let's take an example of salesforce right so it's not hmm. just a crm it has evolved uh, way ahead so if somebody searches for let's say marketing automation tools then also salesforce uh, you are able to discover salesforce if you are searching for let's say crm you are also discovering salesforce but it's a very bigger tool that uh, whose ultimate aim is to manage and automate uh, enterprise operations so those kind of things are also there uh, in salesforce so you can build up complete solutions uh, those kind of things are added so in my case as well in namdatas as well we have uh, tools that are required for a company but sometimes all these tools are not there required so if you are a developer who are or developer or testers who are starting off you won't need automation testing at the get go you would need tools for manual testing so i have set of tools for manual testing then as they evolve they would need automation testing they would need things like visual regression testing or if you are a completely different thing into mobile app development so we do the mobile cloud so that is also what we have here so we have multiple different tools but now what that means is now i have multiple products small small set of features is i'll say a small set of product that i can market so in fact one of the reasons why all uh, big companies have multiple product marketing managers whose job is to take care of one uh, let's say one set of features that can mm. be done as well that approach can be done as well uh, that means you have one set of features market it and also at the same time highlight everywhere in your cycle that if this feature is not something for you we have other set of features as well uh, maybe through uh let's say the email drips that you have set up maybe through remarketing ads so another thing where ad comes into the picture people who have visited your website but now exited so maybe you can run them remarketing ad to find out if they were interested in other set of features right so those kind of things can be done aim is to set up a loop set up a let's say a ecosystem of tools hmm. so that if not one tool can help out maybe other set of tools or maybe a combination of other set of tools can help out Hmm. So in your experience what where have you seen the most success with uh was it you know with ads was it anything working together you know with SEO with so um i suppose with lambda tests or any other um yeah so for us uh, uh SEO has been one of the uh, most important value drivers but uh, as we have we are growing and uh, the pure seo based revenue and traffic that we are building up uh, is not the only thing we want to focus on we want to branch out on more set of channels so other channels are also working for us uh, but i'll say ki the one of things that uh, companies should try off is that try those kind of things that are not let's say marketing as such that are more community building or community enablement things uh, it will have a broader impact on uh, what we call traditionally branding so mm. as i said earlier our aim is whatever we do should be on community enablement on that ecosystem enablement so one of the things for example we do a uh, we did a flagship event last year and we are going to do it again this year as well called testmu and the whole 
premise of that event was rather than selling Lambda test at that event, we should instead build up a community. We should enable uh, other developers and testers to come together talk, discuss, and kind of plan out the future, in our case, future of testing. So uh, bringing thought leaderships together, bringing a different set of thought leaderships, for example, from enterprises, from other tools, from open source networks, uh, open source tools, people who are working on that, along with other industry experts together and connect them with people who are starting off in their journey or maybe at a mature cycle, uh, set up that community through our events, through one flagship events, uh, and at the same time, connect our partners as well with that community so that they can either interact better, maybe get to learn better, and that build up that whole ecosystem whose job was not to drive sales for Lambdas or in fact, even uh, sign-ups for Lambdas. The whole job was to create an ecosystem and make Lambdas part of that ecosystem so that, yeah, whenever somebody talks about, okay, this is a company, Lambdas, they always talk about, yeah, this is a company that is helping us out. This is a company that is uh, helping our community out in the best way possible that they can do. So it's not necessarily that you start off big by doing a big event. You can do small stuff as well. Uh, maybe contribute to uh, open source repositories, maybe contribute either, if not monetarily, maybe through your effort, across other, other uh, things that uh, kind of helps out the developers and tester communities and uh, do bigger things as you grow up, uh, as the company grows up. So. Uh, like as a developer as well, uh, one thing we use a lot of open source tools. We are dependent upon a lot of things that are built up by the community. Mm. Anytime we get stuck, anytime we are uh, facing a challenge, we go to a community, find that solution mm. to that uh, through, let's say, Stack Overflow or other type of communities. We go to a lot of free events. We do uh, uh, check out a lot of YouTube videos that are there. Uh, so this is a community that is kind of helping each other out without any monetary incentive involved. So you can become part of that as well. You can enable either those creators or uh, kind of not uh, do a monetary event, maybe do an event that enables these creators, enables this community as well to uh, make the life of other developers and testers easier. I love that, especially because with community, they can be there from the start, can't they? From the product, even, you know, oh, oh, we just had this idea. What do you think of it? Even just for that to the end of, you know, can you help us test this out? Or is this working for you? Or um, what do you think? Or, um, I just love that idea of just having people just can you, you can um, help them, but then at the same time, kind of receive that mutually beneficial relationship of they can also help you build your own product and company. Definitely. And another thing to highlight over here is that even though it's a very open community, but sometimes what happens is that things have start, start to become in silos. That means a set of people are talking in a very tight-knit community and that learning is just revolving over there, not coming out. So maybe if not directly contribute, you can contribute in a way that you can connect these silos together, bring people from different segments into a singular platform so that a learning can be shared. It can cross from one silo to another silo, or in fact, just break the silo itself, uh, reimagine the way people are interacting uh, to build up this ecosystem. So uh, that can also be something that has uh, become very interesting part of this community building. And in fact, I think one of the uh, 
aspects of uh, product growth has become a community led growth thing right mm. so people are very focused on building up these kind of communities from start sometimes at scale but ultimate aim has become to build up a, a community to help out other people in the same area in the same let's say industry segment absolutely something we do as well and you know, hopefully we kind of try to grow our own community so i completely understand that i feel like uh, again like we're doing now you know um you're um participating in our podcast which is great fantastic and then hopefully we're also providing value so i do feel like it's a win-win as you said before um mm -hmm. so i really like that idea yeah that's um that's really good and so is there anything um you'd like to leave our listeners with as uh, any final thoughts, any tips in terms of, you know, PLG or beyond PLG? Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, we have discussed pretty much uh, a lot of things so far. And uh, like, uh, I still want to reiterate the core message that uh, if you're one marketing to uh, the developer community, focus first on in the enablement part of things, focus first on uh, building up an ecosystem with the aim like how I can solve the challenges of this core ecosystem. Uh, and that will translate to uh, growth of your product as well. Another thing I want to highlight is uh, you should be very receptive of feedback and in fact should uh, go above and beyond to get that feedback because this feedback uh, from other community members is pretty much gold. It really helps you out to kind of evolve the product uh, usually people say this is a job of uh, product managers or project managers to kind of listen to the customers. But as marketers ourselves, we are more involved with the community and we are more, uh, let's say, uh, we have a better visibility on their pain mm. points. So maybe we would have a better understanding about translating those pain points to product features. So it's uh, as a marketer, it's your job as well to look deep into that community, find out what challenges they are facing and uh, communicate that back with your own teams that, yeah, these are the problem statements. Maybe we can help out. Maybe our tool can evolve in such a way that it helps out. So very be very vigilant about the feedbacks that you can get or you are getting about your platform. I think that's an excellent message and a fantastic way to um, end our episode. And I just want to thank you so much for joining me and for all your amazing insights and tips. I think this was a very insightful conversation. So thank you. Thank you for having me ever as well, Teresa. I hope I'm uh, able to make life of uh, few for, uh, product marketers easier, developer marketers easier. And uh, if anybody has any questions for me or something, feel free to reach out over LinkedIn. I would be very happy to help. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of DevMar Debugged. If you want to hear more from professionals in the developer marketing world, subscribe to our podcast for more expert talks. See you on the next one.